You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. My capacity is the crux of like everything I do. Knowing how much time you have, the energy you have, understanding that I think is important and is essential. And it's not just for business success. I think it's for our own being able to thrive in our life. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to have you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. We are going to begin by acknowledging that this podcast is recorded on the stolen and unceded land of the Susquehannock and Piscataway people native to this area known as Maryland. Y'all, this is episode 200. Just want to put that out there real quick. We don't normally do a lot around here of like, oh, this is episode this number or that number or oh, we're going to do all these things. But I just needed to, for a moment, pause. My guest reminded me that like podcasting is the providing of, of content not just content, but content, context, conversation, resources. There's so much that is being provided. It's being provided for free. And to realize that, you know, if it's 52 weeks in a year, okay, this is about four years in the making, y'all. And this has been a ride that a lot of you have been a spoon coon since day one. And a lot of you have jumped on along the way. Even if you are just getting here, maybe we're past 200, but you are taking on this episode. For everybody that is a part of this, no matter where you came into the fold, I just want to say thank you. The humility that I hold for you taking in what I'm sharing and the conversations that I am graced with being able to be a part of with these amazing people, including my co-hosts and and every single person that shares their time, their expertise, their their insight, they share their stories, they are honest, they are transparent, they are vulnerable. I am so incredibly grateful. Y'all show up and you listen and you utilize this as a part of the tools to create change. And I'm so grateful. And I just want to tell you, thank you. And if you want to do a little something for Pause on the Play today, I have an ask for you. Pause on the Play is here to support change, break barriers, and I want to ask for you to vote with your dollars via a financial contribution to this show. That contribution helps to keep this show, its production, the show notes, the article writing that we have created for accessibility. It helps to keep all of these items, a free resource to those that are seeking to take action and to be a part of creating a more equitable future. This is the ask that I have for you as you take in our 200th episode. So if you would like to go ahead and donate to the show today, you can go over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash show, hit the donate this way button, and you will be able to go ahead and choose your one-time or ongoing contribution. Either way, even for considering how you can support us, just want to say thank you. 
So today's episode is one that I was actually really looking forward to having. And I was really looking forward to being in conversation with my guest today. It is one that what I, I, you already know, I always like when we get the conversation doing what it do, but being able to actually acknowledge what is possible as a business owner, what some of the untruths are, i.e. there's one way to do this and how it is that we can all be a part of our collective liberation and that beginning with reclaiming joy and pleasure and the acknowledgement of true capacity with ourselves. All of this just, I was like, yes, I want to talk about all of this and I want to talk about this with you. (laughs) It was great. And so I am really excited for you to listen in to my episode with Jeffrey Shaw. Jeffrey is a writer and marketing strategist and mentor. They are the founder of Unconventional Agency. He works with small businesses, helping people design sustainable marketing strategies that feel good to implement all while dealing with limited time, energy, money, and resources. He's also a curator of knowledge around how we can do business in ways that move us toward our collective liberation. Random side note, I am reading our bio as is, and so this is acknowledging both of Jeffrey's pronouns. So that was not an accident, just so everyone knows. So if you are ready to get into this, let's go. Hello, Jeffrey. I am so glad that we made it here. Tech was not trying to be our friend today, but we made it anyway. So yes. Welcome to, to, to Pause on the Play. Yes, we did. We made it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. It is absolutely my pleasure. It, it's always interesting when I um, have, you know, the gift of being able to be um, introduced to new people. You know, we all find times that like you'll meet someone sometimes and like the more you're around them, you're like, yeah, I want to get to know them. And then sometimes you'll have people you're like, ooh, you, I want to, I want to know more about you. And you were the second one right away from me, <laughs> which is interesting because I found that, um, you know, you were very much like I'm observing. I want to say something when there's something to be said, but I'm 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 here. And I was like, mm. every single time they talk, I'm I am listening. So I was very much drawn to just kind of your perspective, um, your energy. And as I kind of was digging in with um, the work that you do with Unconventional Agency, the company you founded, I was actually really interested in talking more with you because sometimes I think it's challenging to be within an industry that needs to be shifted, to acknowledge what needs to be shifted, but to also acknowledge that we are in a bit of a liminal space. This is challenging, and yet I'm here trying to make changes while I'm actively a part of this all at the same time. And so I would love to start by you just sharing a little bit about you being kind of in the marketing um, strategy type of area and how you're in it, but you're like, hey, we have to do things differently all at the same time. Hmm. I think that's definitely a good place to start. And I felt the same way as well uh, meeting you, like (laughs) what you said before. It's kind of like when you're in school and like, you know, there's someone you're like, oh, I want to be your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And actually, like, I feel that more and more these days as like um, I meet more people who want to do business differently. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we met. But in terms of business and uh, where I am and how I see things. I think firstly, it's important to acknowledge that business is something that is very different for each person. Like our relationship to business is so different. Um, For business owners, there's such a world of difference between a someone who owns like a big um, business with a big team versus me, someone like me, it's just me, right? And Mm -hmm. I am the business in a way, right? And often a lot of solo entrepreneurs or people with small teams, our identities are uh, tied with this organization or entity, right? It's a legal entity. Mm -hmm. And that's very tricky. And 
because then it becomes a reflection of our values and our self-worth, right? Mm. Like, because, and a reflection of who we are. So if our businesses don't match uh, the values that we want to um, put forth into the world, right? Like um, being uh, socially, you know, conscious, right? Being, um, if we're invested in, working towards our collective liberation, if our business doesn't feel like it's aligned in that way, it can make us feel really bad. So I think um, each individual's relationship to business is so different. And then, you know, when we're talking about employees, right, people who work Mm -hmm. within a business but are employed to do um, work, operate within business, then that's a whole different conversation entirely. So, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the first thing that pops into mind to be conscious of there is so much hmm, like there's nuance yes yeah that was the word that was coming up and as you were were sharing it because I do think I do think that there's nuance in that there's no um there's no one way that you have to or need to do business other than making sure that it's not at the expense of someone else but you know, what we do and the way that we do it, the way that our um, clients or peers or contractors or employees want us to to meet them. I don't think that there's any one way to to do that. And yet that's where I think a lot of the problematic ways of being, you know, especially everything that comes from white supremacist culture, uh, white settler colonialism, capitalism, everything that comes from that is really about the one way to do things. And that doesn't work. And it makes all of us have to feel like we have to shelf our humanity at best and at worst to completely lose it and to adapt this persona just to be in these spaces. Exactly. And I do think it goes against our nature, like existing under capitalism. And this really relates to something I'm exploring lately and it feels very personal in that like I'm someone who like uh, was socialized like male growing up, right? So it's this kind of idea that you need to solve everything intellectually that I think Mm. comes from toxic masculinity. And that's something that I don't think is uh, that is taught to all genders, really. Right. If you want to succeed in capitalism, everything is a problem to be solved rationally. Well, and sometimes people are problems. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I do think we're really going against our nature and like really um, disconnecting ourselves from what makes us human a lot of the times. Right. Because. We don't really need more ideas or technologies or innovation. Sometimes a lot of the work we need to do is emotional work. It's reconnecting with people. And um, so when we tie back to business, what we're talking about, right? I think a lot of the times it's because we're not really working with people as they are, right? Like we're not um, showing up in relationship with, say, our employees as humans they are these numbers on a spreadsheet that we mm-hmm. have to make work right like that's just one example so i think again <laughs> there's just so much nuance here <laughs> that it's yeah. uh, it's hard to say there's one checklist that um you need to tick this off to basically have a perfect business that is you know um this this is the business that will take us to on the road to liberation because I don't think that's how it works. No, it doesn't. And I think that I think that acknowledging that number one, we're not going to find any one business format or or uh, framework to get us to liberation is acknowledging that you know we're we're not using the master's tools to dismantle the master's house. So like it kind of has to kind of be the Audre Lorde thing to start with, but it's also having to acknowledge like there's a certain amount of awareness that I think all of us are going through of even figuring out, okay, what are the tactics or strategies or ways of being that I may 
be deploying because that's just what I've been used to doing. But what are the things that actually don't feel like me? And, uh, you know, the verbal processor in me, as you were sharing what you shared, I thought, okay, I'm a black woman. I, in a lot of ways, tend to have um, very masculine energy and sometimes feminine energy doesn't always feel safe. So I would skew more masculine energy just because it was more safe, which for me would be being more strong in my opinions or having to appear as if I can handle it all. I can do all things. And that actually has been to my detriment. And so a lot of times lately, I've actually found myself personally being in this place of like, I don't want to be strong at all. (laughs) I don't want to do any of it because just because I can doesn't mean I want to. And so there's this place of having to figure out how is it that I want to feel, but also the place where the trope of a strong black woman is kind of toted out uh, to very often be who I'm supposed to be, even if that's not uh, who I choose to be. That's how I'm often maybe processed to be. But then me being strong is treated like a liability because I'm not soft. I'm not feminine. I'm not pastel pink. I'm not blonde. I'm not white. And so there's these things that I'm like, hey, this is you. But yet if you're that thing, you're wrong. And it's like, well, how does that work? How the hell are we supposed to figure that out? If there's this big ass conundrum wrapped in a quandary, it's like, that's not how this goes. That's so true. It's these false binaries that are being created, right? Like either or this and that. That part. Yeah. So for you in kind of noticing where some of these parts of toxic masculinity um that, you know, again, being socialized as male is like, here, do this. This is what you do. Um, if you care to share, where are you finding that that doesn't serve you personally or professionally? I think there's a lot of levels this, to this. I think one of the first steps that people take on the journey to like understanding our place within capitalism and how we're surviving in it and like the values that this system forces onto us, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think the first step is like, you're looking at the shame and the guilt that you might be placing on yourself mm-hmm. and what you're policing yourself um, and others to do, right? And, or not do. And as I'm understanding this process of my relationship to myself, I can see how it plays out on a bigger level, right? Like when people, um, and it relates to kind of the cancel culture, call it culture, that kind of thing, where there is a lot of, say, like um, shaming and guilting people. um, Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, just in our day-to-day lives, right? Like the um, fat shaming or like the guilting people on like, I don't know, making money, like, those are two right. very different examples, but like there's just so many things that people are placed, like expectations or um, mm-hmm. things people place on others. And it's just so much to work through sometimes that mm-hmm. people might get overwhelmed and then just not know where to go, not like just stop. Right. Right. So that was something that I realized and, um, it was Adrian Marie Brown's book, Emergency, Emergent Strategy, that really helped me understand, like, you know, the approaches uh, kind of needs to shift a bit because um, the quote was like, shame makes us kind of freeze up and get small and invisible. And like, whereas pleasure kind of opens us up a bit more, like, if we uh, pursue pleasure instead of like shame, mm-hmm. we're more likely to grow. What what you're saying though is accurate because I think even as someone that I feel like with a lot of the work I do, it's definitely it definitely can feel like shadow work and that we're going in the pieces that don't feel as good. But it's not to it's not to make them the problem. It's not to make you the problem. It's to acknowledge where they are and to figure out whether or not we want to leave things as they are, or if we want to be an active part in leaving them better than we found them. And 
part of that goes into something that I think is a part of what you do. And it's that navigating of, um, let's call it limited resources because of doing all of this internal work, time, energy, um, effort, uh, you know, and that's not even to include the tangibles of of literal like, you know, money and privilege and platform. But like when you are trying to heal while doing the things, there is this literal place of trying to be whole and do the thing and give yourself grace and keep that grace in mind for others, you know, whenever possible as you're kind of partnering or intersecting with them along the way. And it's, it can be exhausting. Yeah. When I chat to people or like talk about the topic of like, you want to do better, right? You want to do business differently. Uh, you want to dismantle like how, where oppression shows up within your business because you learned that right from capitalism and just what we're taught in schools and, um, perhaps in business school, if you went to right, like I, I think the first place to start is that you there is no perfect business or person, right? Like perfect isn't a reasonable um, place to get to, right? Like we, none of us will, will get there. No, like it's impossible. No, so no. like understanding that. Like it's an unreachable ideal, I think is important. And also realizing that not to compare yourself to others, because some people have had more time, right, to understand themselves and take mm -hmm. steps um, to improve their business, for example, or have the financial um, resources to do so, because let's be honest, in our society, we need to survive and pay rent right. and uh, feed ourselves. So mm -hmm. that is actually something that um, I'm reminded of when people place expectations on other people, like businesses. Mm -hmm. Just because a business is on social media or online doesn't mean that you know that business, right? Right. And but people are so keen on placing expect like expectations saying, oh, you're not doing this perfectly. It's not complete 100 percent ethical. Right. Mm -hmm. But you don't know what the person on their side on the other side is dealing with. Right. Right. And, you know, they might not have the time because they're just worried about paying rent. And so for a long time, I couldn't really place um, put like two and two together and realize why that felt so icky to me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that's kind of the same dynamic that is happening on a bigger scale with say climate change, right? There, mm -hmm. there are countries that are like post-industrialization and, you know, they, they map onto like the countries that were the imperialist powers, right? Mm -hmm. And they're saying that, oh, we need to... Um, say, do something about climate change. But then the expectation is like, oh, but everyone else should like try to do as much as us. And, you know, as much as us basically meaning not much at all because a lot right. of what's happening in the <laughs> Western world is like for show. Right? Yes. So, um, so it felt really uncomfortable because I see that same dynamic happening. It's this the expectation is basically placed on the marginalized, right? Mm -hmm. um, or the global South or like just people who are trying to struggle to right. get by. And the people who do have the resources are touting this kind of ideal that they may not actually subscribe to themselves, right? And... So that plays into like in business, the woke washing or the green washing, where all these businesses are taking these buzzwords, right? Of, mm -hmm. um, you know, we need to be feminist and we need to be sustainable, but they're not actually that, but they're no. placing these standards on you, right? So the, right. the individual responsibility bit, right? So, um, yeah, it's really complicated, but I realized that dynamic is happening 
on a big right. scale, on a small scale, just everywhere. <laughs> it It's a lot. And honestly, part of what comes to mind for me is just the fact that this is part of what does make um, businesses like yours or, or mine or a lot of the people, you know, listening to us because this is something that we created that we still have um, our our hands in, our hearts in, our, our thoughts and our intentions are still there where some of these companies and entities have gotten so far removed from people that it doesn't show up anymore. And it's a whole lot harder for change to happen because it's not just, hey, my social media is not working. Let's just put it on pause and not do it. Or hey, let's go ahead and shift who we're purchasing from. Let's just go ahead and put these next orders in with somebody else where there's all of this proverbial red tape, which is not an excuse by any stretch, but it's an acknowledgement that change doesn't happen the same way. And so unfortunately, there are times that it's weaponized as the reason why no change happens Hmm. because it's no longer simple. It's no longer just a choice. There is a whole chain of events that needs to happen in order for things to actually be implemented, you know, things that aren't helpful to come to a halt. And, you know, there's this place of everyone wants to grow their business, but what happens once you do grow and then you also recognize the gift and the curse of having more to manage, if that makes sense. Exactly. And that's, In my experience, working with businesses, and I basically exclusively work with small teams and Mm -hmm. solo entrepreneurs. So what I've noticed is that the people who are hardest on themselves tend to be like people who are marginalized, I think, because Mm -hmm. there's all these standards we kind of enforce on ourselves and then that prevents us from doing things because um, and the things that we're prevented from doing is the selling or putting ourselves out there, which is the complete opposite of what you, you just mentioned of people who say are very skilled at growing and selling and scaling mm-hmm. and then finding, Oh, we don't have time to like say invest in doing business better, more ethically. Correct. Right. So right. It's kind of ironic. <laughs> yes. But, um, so that's something I have to, I try to work with people. Um, and I'm speaking from my own experience, right? Because I know I place a lot of expectations on myself. And a lot of the times I have to tell myself that it's impossible for me to be 100% ethical right now. Right. And I need to make money <laughs> to like pay the bills. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's tricky. Um, and I think also another thing that is hard to conceptualize is that most people aren't going to be successful, financially successful, I mean, in business, right. because that's just a fact of business, right? The business landscape has never been, you know, 100 people become entrepreneurs and 100 people have businesses 20 years later. So no. um, I think knowing that has helped me in that whatever success, like financial success I might have, a part of it isn't up to me, right? Right. And like, that's something that's hard to tell people. And I'm still not 100% sure how to say that to people, but I think it's important. Right. And anytime I do have the conversation with people, I think it helps people shift their framework and how they pr- approach their business to realize that um, I think it's a bit freeing knowing. I think part of the challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs run into is that number one, they don't have anybody that, as you said, is having that conversation of, hey, this really isn't a hundred percent up to you, which can make you feel like it's your fault if it doesn't work or can create a false sense of security if it does. Um, and it, in a lot of ways goes into this American exceptionalism of like, I did it, you can too. And it's like, that's not how that works. (laughs) That doesn't go that way. Nope. 
I've never had anybody actually say that to me. And having had, you know, a number of businesses over the years, you know, it is very challenging as, as someone that is not honestly white and male, because that's kind of who's at the uh, top of the proverbial food chain to be, you know, in control from a hierarchy standpoint or perspective, but not being there at any intersection and to not have that knowing that this isn't just about you or your work ethic or how much you know or how hard you work, I think can remind you that no matter um, how this goes, if you did what you could with the capacity that you had, because I think that that often doesn't get taken into consideration either, that that in itself is is worth acknowledgement as opposed to, oh, you didn't do enough because capacity doesn't get acknowledged enough in my, in my mind. Yes. That I feel that so much. And <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of what I've come to realize. And that's why in recent years, like that's my capacity is, the crux of like everything I do mm-hmm. and knowing how much time you have, you know, the energy you have, like understanding that I think is important and is essential. And it's not just for business success. I think it's for our own kind of uh, being able to thrive in our life. Right. And, and or not, because again, there are things that aren't in our control, right? But in terms of business, whether it's about how we can do business differently, right? That that comes from having an abundance of time, really, right? And energy mm-hmm. after you have been able to meet your needs. And then right. um, the same with a lot of, different aspects of business, right? For me, as a marketer, working with my clients, the thing that I've observed over the years is that things fall apart when people try to do too much. Mm -hmm. And the number one recurring theme that leads to that falling apart is burnout. People get burnt out and that like when you see that over and over again you realize oh wow maybe my job isn't to come in and say oh you need to do this and that in marketing it's hey what about all these things you don't need to do right like let's look at how much time and energy and uh, resources you have right like your team has and then go from there right start as simple as you can and make sure that people have that space to do that, you know, implement it Mm -hmm. and extra time. Because in my experience, often the things you want to do, they take more time than you. you, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then um, here's the thing, right? If for some reason, like things go according to plan or better, then you have a lot more time and that time can be reinvested into um, more projects if, you know, you feel like, right. If at that time you can, um, you find that the time and space you have, like it feels good to pursue that. So I think no understanding that as well, that's like a approach thing that just because we're planning to do less of something doesn't mean that we're going to accomplish less. Although, you know, like, there's also reason to examine our relationship to productivity as well, right? Is that a toxic right. relationship? And that's a whole nother conversation, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> that part. Well, the interesting thing, so I think two things came up for me. One is the fact that I think um, too often people are in business to tell you what you need to do as opposed to, hey, Maybe you don't need to do all these things. Let's do less, but let's do it better and with more intention and and leave padding. And so I, I feel like that there's there's not there's not enough of that honestly being done. I think sometimes 
that is kind of put out there as a way of doing it, but it feels more like it's um, a, almost like a co-opting of like, do less. And it's like, do you really want me to do less? Or you just want to make me think you want me to do less? Like, can I really do less? So part of it is that, but also the acknowledgement of having someone that can come in and actually kind of honor you for a moment and acknowledge like, Hey, this is what, capacity and the resources actually are. How can we, you know, if we think about it the way that, um, you know, we, we think about like, do we live at our means, above our means, below our means with like how much money we have and how much we spend? Like if this is what our resources and our time are with what we want to accomplish, are we trying to accomplish above our means or are we trying to accomplish below our means so that we can keep some of that for ourselves because we don't keep any of it. And I know that that could be going in a whole nother direction, but I'm like, we don't keep any of it. We don't leave any for ourselves at all. Hmm. I think just going back a little bit about why people don't talk about this more. Mm -hmm. I think it's a tough sell. (laughs) (laughs) It's, and it's something I struggle with because how I was taught in the marketing world, right, is, oh, you need to niche and you need to promise, like, always tie your uh, service to the benefits, right? Like the outcomes that people will get. Mm-hmm. And my reaction is always, but there's no guarantee. <laughs> like, no. I can't promise that you're going to make more money, right? Good marketing is a process. It's a, a habit, right? And it, it's kind of scientific. You experiment right and you iterate and you learn from this there's no like no marketer however well paid they may be can guarantee when they run a campaign to give you a positive return on investment right and a good marketer is someone who can be there to take their experience to run a campaign and then see oh based on their previous experience and then if it doesn't work to tweak things to find out what does work, right? Or um, or if it does work, you know, to continue to learn from that and um, so on and so forth. So I think, but that's not something that's easily digestible. So it's not easily mm-hmm. sold. It's not. And tell me if you, if you find truth in this, but I think that it's also a part of how we individually and collectively do move toward the possibilities of of liberation too, as well. Yeah, I definitely believe that because it speaks to how our society is very, um, it's very fast and it doesn't give people time to think and make conscious decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think we do need time to make conscious decisions Right, to understand, to let things sit with us for a while. Right. To reflect, to um, let things simmer. Right. And a lot of the toxic, predatory marketing tactics is all about circumventing that. It's about having you not make conscious decisions. Right. So having. Putting you pressure, putting pressure on you, because there's a time limit, right? Time right. scarcity, or any number of things, right? Where it's they're preying on your uh, fears, your pain points, and so I do think it plays into building a better society, right? And also in terms of the capacity thing, because we're kind of on that subject, that completely ties into running a business with liberatory values because it's a business relationship is a relationship between people, two people, right? You're you and your employees. And traditionally in business, it's about dehumanizing that connection. Mm. So I think it is very important to rehumanize a lot of the Kind of connections we have in our society where 
over time we have um you know been taught to forget that so when we go back to say marketing right like giving your team too much to do if we look at it from a lens from a human lens it's not very nice <laughs> like right. you're basically pushing a person towards burning out knowingly right like and if you if that were your friend i don't think we would act in that way So why do we change our behavior when it's an employee, right? We're a part of our brain. There's something there that's kind of deactivated so that we don't think about that person as a person. Right. Um they're just a thing to a cog in our business machine. So um and this might be kind of controversial to say, but I think one of the first things to do as a business is to work towards being able to pay your team well if you're not there yet or if you have the financial resources to pay your team well because i think that's the ultimate impact a business can have it's to give people the time and space to be more human mm-hmm. right and so to have their needs be taken care of and in our current society that means having money and then in terms of time they can use that time to reinvest in their relationships with their within their community to start to rebuild these structures of interdependence right that we need in our communities and it's not something again that is good pr because you can't really go around toting how well you pay your employees i guess you can you do see that but it's very much internal i think So right. it's not as sexy as like oh look we planted 1000 trees or you know <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not productivity it's it's, it's not the like yeah. ooh wow yeah and i need it to not be controversial to pay people decently like i need that to not be a thing anymore i, I first of all like eggs are like $800 for like two i need people to be paid better Like exactly. life is expensive and we can't, we can't. And, and again, that just in my head goes back to this whole piece of like, we're not, the goal is not to just survive. You know, the, the, the goal is to figure out what is access to thriving actually mean for each of us, but we're, you know, so stuck in having to have just basic needs met and just trying to figure out what access do I have, if any, to safety and security. Yep. All those things. It's so true. I think we're all trying to figure out what we can from our place of, you know, as the business owner, you know, what what can I do or what can I do differently? And I'm not going to say all. I I wish all of us were, but there are definitely some of us. Um but we're trying to figure it out for the collective whole, the part, you know, the the, the ones among us that um don't have anybody advocating for them don't have the space or the time to advocate for themselves and so little by little we're all trying you know those of us that are are trying to figure out you know what can we do differently how can we get there and how can i do my best to be whole on the way to get there yep we're we're all doing our best i think that's important to name too yes and and from my perspective i think we're seeing more and more people have this conversation and that's amazing it does need to be had more cuz if we don't have it then there's not the awareness and so we definitely don't take action exactly yeah all of that so we're shifting the culture one conversation at a time that's what i'm here for see speaking of yeah. speaking of my heart <laughs> 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 so before we go I would love to ask if you have one action that you would like the listeners or those that are maybe taking in the show notes article um if there's one action that you would like them to take after they have uh received this conversation that could support them in moving forward and being a part of our collective liberation it's on my mind it's been on my mind 
these this whole year really and just examining how we care for each other i think and that it's not something that we need to earn right that it's something that is just a part of being human mm-hmm. it's something that i'm working through myself because it's not intuitive in the sense that i've been deprogrammed depro- not to think this going back to the whole like toxic masculinity or right? like growing up in this patriarchal mm-hmm. and like you know um world we live in where emotion is very much um we're told to shudder it right i think yeah examining our relationships with other people right and seeing if we can strengthen that um because i truly do believe that we're a cooperative species i think that's i think we got human nature all wrong in our society right like we mm-hmm. we tend to under pressure work together to support each other so um how do we do that in a way where we're thriving too right not just because we need to because of some crisis and yeah that's not an easy thing like why did i choose that to be that one thing but <laughs> But yeah, I think no, I like it though because how... it because <laughs> you don't have to, it's not about the completion of it, it's about the consideration and then the first movement in the direction of it. That's where all of it starts. So I'm like, yeah, start with the big thing because you can chunk it down. So hmm. I personally, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I'm like, yes, please, because yeah, I do feel like very often we treat ourselves as if our humanity being recognized is a bonus and not a base. Yes. Yes. That's where we start. So, right. Yeah. Right. It's a fact of life. All of that. It needs to be more of an understood fact of life, but you know. Yeah. I think so. We'll get there. We need to keep saying it. We're- like we we need to say it to ourselves <laughs> right? that we we being cared for is a fact of life on the, this planet, right? And that, that there's no, there shouldn't be shame there. I think what it is, is like, you're not a stronger human being if you do everything yourself, right? Like, we have been told growing up that needing other people's care makes us lesser human beings when that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. We all need to support each other and care for each other. That's just the fact. It's not, um, it doesn't make you lesser, right? Like animals in the wild, plants, like every, all life depend on each other. So like, why are we judging each other for needing or wanting that? That's a learned behavior, right? The Mm -hmm. judging. Correct. Yeah. Mm, All of that. Clearly I can just keep talking. So I want to make sure (laughs) that I'm respecting your time as well. So before we wrap up, please let uh, the people know how they can uh, learn more about you, work with you, find out more about what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and people oh, can course. find me on my website, uh, www.unconventionalagency.com. And I try to have a healthy relationship with Instagram, but that's my main, um, the main social media (laughs) platform that I'm on. (laughs) So sometimes I, you know, might be more active than other times. And oh, sorry, the handle is unconventional agency as well. Yes. And we'll make sure that all of that is linked in the article as well so that it'll be all typed out. They can come learn more about you. And I want, I want the people to be able to take in all the goodness that you're putting out and to be a part of the collective liberation that we need more of us to be actively on board with and to know that we, we can move it forward even in incremental ways at a time. So for your time, your energy, for sharing your insight, your perspective. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you so much. So the fact that Jeffrey was reminding me that 
I need to be cared for as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I I know you 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 talking to me and I I appreciate you for <laughs> it, it was something about the way that they said it that it just it felt like it was searing into my soul and it was so accurate and I think collectively we all need to allow ourselves to be cared for by one another in a way that helps us to honor our humanity, to acknowledge where we not only deserve, but need and are entitled to have care. It is not a small thing. And yet even the smallest of shows of care can make such a huge difference. So all of that all of it, all of it, all of it. And so this conversation was just amazing. And again, 200 episodes in, thank you for being here while I continue having these real conversations and normalizing the challenging things so we can make them a part of our everyday exchanges. Together, this is how we can remove stigma and create real change and connection. Continue crossing lines and recreating boundaries in order to support, not separate. Let's keep getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?